Welcome to Season 2, Episode 49 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular crew, Matt Aguilar's here. Yo, what up? Janelle Wheeler's here. Hey, friends. And we brought one of our gaming assassins back. Tanner Deadman's here. Hello. And we got Tanner back because uh, today we need his expertise. We are going to be reviewing the new game, Ghost. Ghost? of Tsushima, singular ghosts, not multiple. Singular ghosts. Just the one ghost is all we're reviewing. <laughs> Casper. Um, yeah, we got to talk about some big developments with the Batman and that whole franchise. Plus, Matt's going to get giddy because he has some new Power Rangers stuff to talk about. We got our first look at a new Marvel TV show, and we're going to finally talk spoilers about Netflix's The Old Guard real quick. We had uh, Brandon Davis do a review because he got to see it early and talk to the cast. But uh, now that we've all seen it, we're just going to go over that real quick and talk some spoilers. Plus, we're going to break down the new comics of the week. So stay tuned for all of that. We actually have a good show today during our quarantine arc. Let's start right at the top. The Batman. So, you know, in the ever hellish terrain of trying to produce this show, we just got wrapped on an episode that I was like feeling good about. I was like, all right. We actually had good things to talk about. It was like a good time (laughs) for our Friday show. Then as soon as we put that thing up, (sighs) <sighs> Warner Brothers decides to drop the news that they're already making big plans for this uh, spin or for this franchise of the Batman, Matt Reeves reboot film with Robert Pattinson playing the Batman, and uh, the Batman's going to be getting its own TV spinoff series already, which is developed by Matt Reeves and by Boardwalk Empire's Terrence Winter, and basically it's going to be about Gotham Police Department is what we've been told, like and the kind of corruption in Gotham City. This, I forget if it's a rumor or confirmed yet because this stuff just keeps happening day by day. Uh, Oh, it's reportedly going to be a prequel to the movie. That's what one insider is kind of saying. That it's a prequel to the movie about before Batman or while Batman's showing up or whatever's happening uh, because we know that the Batman is set in year two, uh, which is the time frame of like the long Halloween and Dark Victory and some other famous stories. So this will be a prequel to that. So it could be anywhere from before Batman shows up to when Batman's just kind of coming on the scene. And basically with Terrence Winter, because everybody's first knee-jerk reaction is, of course, this sounds like Gotham. Uh, Basically, this is just Gotham redo. But uh, Terrence Winter, if you've seen the stuff he's done, he was influential in The Sopranos. He made Boardwalk Empire. I mean, this is a decidedly different kind of show that Warner Brothers is going with. It's going to be for HBO Max. It's by Matt Reeves, too. And so it's set in the world of the Batman and so this is going to be sounding more like, uh, I guess, Matt, the Gotham Central comic series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was a, a lot more of a hard-boiled kind of noir story about corruption. And it was not a friendly story to police necessarily. And yeah, it was just about how kind of corrupt the system of Gotham City was. And this sounds more like that. Um, and so there is a lot of new doors that this piece of information kind of opens up but i wanted to get what do you guys think matt what are you thinking over there with your comic knowledge uh i'm as long as you because you're right one of the first things i thought was like really like i mean not that i'm against uh gotham pd spin or anything but one we did recently do it and two there's so many other like characters in gotham that i would maybe like let's explore that instead or whatever but as soon as i saw boardwalk empire like as the connection i went okay well that's not it's not going to be gotham so i feel much better about it and if they do take the gotham central 
you know, we are going to look at the corrupt stuff. We are going to look at like the mob ties and, and all the back and forth stuff that is not really centered around Batman. Like Batman has a part in it, of course, but it's all this to like, if you ever wonder what the cops in Gotham actually do the other 90% of the time that Batman's not solving the crime for them, like if this is what showed that. And so as they do that, it'll be great. Um, I, and I like actually that it's a prequel if that is the case, because then you don't have to worry about like setting up, like Gotham had to, part of its show had to build Bruce Wayne. You had to build Batman. You won't have to do that here you know, that can exist over here and you can just focus on the police and getting to know these guys. So I, I dig it, especially now that Reeves is also involved. If this was like a side thing, I wouldn't feel so sure. But like the fact that Reeves has this in his control as well, bodes well. I mean, yeah, he has got a good a, shot. Yeah, by the way, we should know, uh, like behind the scenes, he has, a, he has an overall deal that he signed with WBTV. So he's going to be developing many projects with them. And this is just the first yeah. of them. So... Yeah, and he's controlling, and yeah, that's a big deal that he's going to be kind of, kind of have his folks and be controlling this overall vision of what the tone of this world. And I think it's interesting that the, what they're setting up for this show kind of informs us even better about what he's going for with the Batman, and really is going to be that kind of hard-boiled noir version of Batman that I'm now more curious to see. Janelle, this is more content. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, like more content makes me happy, uh, and you know, HBO Max hopefully we'll get language, we'll get violence, we'll get uh, really touchy subjects. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Uh, this, I don't know, the CW and, you know, all, all of these other, you know, network television superhero shows, I was slow to the punch on them. Like I find myself on Netflix trying to like catch up and watch all of them through. And um, I'm, I'm personally really excited to start a series with everyone like with the world and like move forward um in this world i am confused so we won't be seeing anyone from the movie or will they kind of pull people in or how that's they, i mean like i said yet? this a lot of this opens a lot of doors okay. to to like how they can play with this i mean the thing that they basically said is that they're trying to build out a kind of Batman universe on a multi-platform kind of format, uh, yeah. which again raises the whole things that I got into a whole fight about with people on the site. <laughs> you know who you are, uh, not fellow coworkers, but uh, readers, because we basically wrote an article and spun out that said like, you know, this is kind of a distinct declaration that the Batman seems to be its own thing. And it's not part of this interconnected universe. And that of course brought out some angry DC fans we're saying, you can't say that yet. You don't know what you're talking about. And I mean, <laughs> like, I, I will, maybe not, but uh, this. Let's do the voice again. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but here's what it reads. I mean, the groundbreaking, this is what the press release says, okay? They, and they announced it and they said, the groundbreaking television series is to be written by Terrence Winter and set in the world of Matt Reeves is creating for the Batman feature film and will build upon the motion pictures examination of the anatomy of corruption in Gotham City, ultimately launching a new Batman universe across multiple platforms. So that, I mean, new Batman universe to me says this is its own franchise and they have, as we've talked about or debated on the show before, they're going to build out an entire kind of film world of Batman and, and related characters and, and Gotham and all that. 
to me, that's what that says. And uh, you could actually do a lot of things that set up a lot of other characters and explain a lot of things because Batman year two still has, and like the long Halloween still has a major component of that story that's dealing with Carmine Falcone and, and, and the Falcone family and the possible ties to Catwoman and all of that. And, you know, we have, uh, what's his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. I love this guy. Um, John Totoro is going to be Carmine Falcone in this movie. And all of this in, seems to be carrying a lot of trademarks of that year one, year two. And so this series could actually help fill in a lot of great backstory about, like Matt said, you know, the cops, their relationship to the mob in the town, what happens when like crazy and just the story of like how they all react to when, you know, weird costume freaks and new crime people start showing up. Like that could all be very interesting if it's all part of one cohesive story. You know what I mean? It also makes me, and I don't want this to be taken as this, I am dissing birds of prey because I'm not, that's not what this is. However, what I will say is I, I'm actually looking forward because of what they say in that press release, right? That it is a new Batman universe, which means in my eyes, which I imagine yours means like everybody's on the table again, because this is not the DCU or EU or whatever yeah. the heck they end up calling it. So that means we can get a, you know, a more fully fleshed out, harder, darker take on characters like Huntress, like Renee Montoya, like like those Harvey Bullock, like those characters have been in Gotham and, and Birds of Prey and other shows and movies, but they never, like to me anyway, got, they didn't have enough, like there wasn't enough there, whether it was just screen time or just to their characters in general. And having this kind of harder nose take on it, I would love to see those characters kind of get their due, especially in a long form series yeah. with the wherewithal to like, be in R-rated territory, be able to really take those characters and, and look at those instead of Gotham, where, again, it was more of a comic book show because you had to split all the attention to not just the cops, but all the villains and then Bruce Wayne and Alfred and all that other stuff. I, I'm really excited because I really do want that Gotham Central take. So I am kind of looking forward to, again, no dispersions on Birds of Prey and what they did because I liked parts of what they did. But I'm actually looking forward to that. It's kind of like we get a redo and I'm excited for that. Tanner. You get the last word because you are the authority on this. How do oh, you feel yeah, about course. all this? <laughs> uh, well, my question about it, do we know when it's going to come out? Like, do we know if it's going to be like before, during, or after the movie? Um, no, I don't think, I don't think we've, we've heard, and I don't think they can say. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that, that's kind of like, that, that plays a big factor in it for me. Because if, if it comes out beforehand, I'm probably like less inclined to watch it. Because if it's a prequel of the movie, it kind of feels like, I don't want to have to watch the movie and feel like I have to watch the entire season of something to understand the, the, the little, you know what I mean? Like to understand yeah. the little, the little, I don't want to have to watch entire season, something for one moment, like for five minutes in the movie where I'm like, I get that reference. Um, but if it came out after the movie and I love the movie, that'd be much more inclined to watch it that way. I mean, just based on timeline, I, w I would, and my marketing strategy personally would be to, have the movie come out, get fans invested, and then when you're about to premiere the Batman on HBO Max, because you have that power as Warner Brothers to drop it a couple months later, you drop that series first, and you just have like an all big lead in. You just drop uh, whatever your Gotham show is when it's finished, and wait for then to also drop the Batman on HBO Max, and Smart. then you can sit down and actually watch the prequel and then watch the movie again, you know, because right. this is what the streaming lane kind of offers to us. Right. Like and all of these things are synced up. 
And like what Matt was saying, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with like different takes on different characters, maybe from the Batman that we don't see quite as often. Uh, I mean, I you know, you probably have to do something in a show like this. You guys mentioned the Joker at some point, you know, but I want to see like new characters. Um, I just don't know, like if they're going to be make it like a dark, grittier kind of show. I feel like maybe that kind of leaves out some more of like the more the more eccentric characters. I don't know if you know how you could do a dark, gritty version of someone. You know, I don't know, like penguin mr freeze stuff you know what i'm saying like some people some characters are just kind of weird and it's like i don't know how you could do a dark serious version of those characters but i'm excited to see what they do with the ones we already know about kite man <laughs> stop it all right we're moving I mean, on i just a reference like i feel like they did a good job of making um our other show oh my gosh what is wrong with me the one that we loved on hbo kofi help me out watchman thank you they did a good job of making a blue man <laughs> uh, you know, dark and believable and, and good. Uh, the whole series was great with some really hard hitting content and, um, you know, violence and just all the things I'm, I, I really think it could be good. It could be really good. I mean, I would like, like I said, just to kind of close it out and move us along cause we got to get Tanner in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I would just like to see how more of the kind of reaction to what people started doing how the, because that's a big thing in the year one, year two continuity is how the cops and the mob had this really intricate system of keeping Gotham going and how the appearance of not only Batman, but costume characters in general really just threw a monkey wrench into that entire old world and kind of made it collapse. And then we got the new one that we, you know, we know. So that would be cool to kind of see it play out in, yeah. in slower progression and long form. But um, all right, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with this Batman spinoff. He's, we're going to throw to Tanner because he's a busy man with many gaming things to do. But before he gets here, he's going to bless us with a review of Ghost of Tsushima, the new highly anticipated video game, uh, samurai slash ninja video game that I saw. My best friend, he came to visit me in January and he brought his own crazy PC over to my house that he built. And he was just sitting here playing this game obsessively the whole time he was here. And I was like, and it looked pretty cool. I was like, okay, man, this looks like a great game. But that was just my first look amateur take. Tanner, is this game going to keep us occupied during the summer? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it would definitely keep you occupied. There's a lot of stuff to do in Ghost of Tsushima. And let me first say that the last game I was on here talking about on the podcast was The Last of Us Part 2. So <laughs> yeah. after playing The Last of Us Part 2 and then coming to this, it's so nice to be in a game where, like, you know, Last of Us was a great game, but, like, there are colors in this game. And people are happy to see you and <laughs> not oh, everyone wants to kill you all the time. Yeah. I, I, a side note, like after you did your review, you did such a good review that I actually went upstairs cause I've had a digital copy of last of us since I bought a PlayStation four in 2016, but I never got into it. So I finally got into it. Now I'm like way sucked into it. So I'm so scared about what's going to happen to me in part two. Cause I yeah. had nightmares about poor Sam sitting alone in his room dying just the other night. And I was just like, oh, I am not built for this game. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is going to be a little bit easier, I hear. Yeah, it's it's much easier. It's not gonna it's not gonna make you feel like a bad person playing through that one, which is already a good. That's you know that's a good change. Um, really, I think the if you've seen videos of it, you know it's based on the island of Tsushima, is where it takes place um, during a Mongol invasion. And I think Tsushima, the island, like the setting itself, is probably one of the game's biggest assets that it has going for it. Because uh, if you've seen the trailers, you've seen the screenshots, you know you see like there's you know like grass blowing in the wind and trees bending and and all that sounds like normal stuff it sounds like the setting but then whenever you get into the game you realize that like everything's roped into that like the animal you know there's certain animals that will like lead you to different directions to show you where things are hidden 
uh, the people that live there and the way that they, you know, have kind of made their lives there and the way their lives change after the invasion, most time in games like this, the setting is like the backdrop to whatever you're doing. But in Ghost of Tsushima, it, like that is the story. Um, wow. And it's, it's really cool to see how, you know, during the Mongol invasion, you'll see things burned down and, you know, the, the Mongol occupying different, uh, different territories. Um, and when you look at those things, you see everything on fire and everything burned down. And, you know, it, it, that too sometimes looks like a generic, you know, just uh, what like liberate this stronghold kind of a thing. But whenever you see that contrast with what Tsushima actually looks like, it makes you appreciate the setting uh, that much more. Um, but yeah, it's filled with stuff to do, stuff to collect. Uh, you can go, you know, just help people on the road if someone's in trouble. There's all kinds of collectibles in the game. This For just now, like a novice like myself, what's like the general... Like, what's the general framework of the game? Like, what do you get to do? Okay, so if you guys have seen, there's a lot of comparisons to Assassin's Creed um, before this game came out. People said it looked like that. Matt, you're going to like this game a lot because it is a lot like Assassin's Creed. Um, it's, you know, it's that kind of a thing. You, you, you're you trying to liberate Tsushima from the Mongol invasion. So, uh, you know, you get into fights all the time on the road. You ride your horse around. People call out to you and, fl- you know, flag you down for a quest or um and you spend a lot of time like scaling cliffs, like looking for ledges, like, you know, jump up and, you know, jump on tree limbs, things like that. So it does have a lot of Assassin's Creed elements into it. It doesn't really do a whole lot like different with open world games. Like it's a lot of the things you do is pretty familiar. So if you play games like Assassin's Creed, um, you know, things like that, you're pretty familiar with what you're going to be getting into. The combat system itself is similar to that as well. You'll fight like, you know, big packs of enemies all at once. Um, and it's got a thing called like a stance system, which is kind of like a rock, paper, scissors game. Like if this guy's using this weapon, you got to use X stance to beat him. And you got to, you know, there, there's a big curve with the combat that takes a while to master. But once you do, it feels pretty good after you get the hang of everything. You um, can cut people down like entire armies. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, yes. you like in the beginning, you, you struggle. I played on, I think there's two difficulties. There's the normal one, which is the easier. And then there's the hard one. And I played on hard. And in the beginning, you have a hard time, you know, just getting past like even a few people um, that are in front of you because you just don't have many abilities and you don't know what to do. Um, but once you get the hang of it, you walk into an entire settlement, you know, and it'll say, you can try and sneak in here and assassinate people if you want. And you're like, no, I'm just going to walk in the front gate and just, just go at it. Um, so, so, okay. So question, you, you mentioned, um, how like the combat system is kind of like, like Assassin's Creed, some other things. And one of the things I was reading in your review, which was excellent, by the way, you should go to combook.com, check out Tanner's full review. Uh, you mentioned the different, um, there's one-on-one duels and the, are those different in the fact that, because I know like enemies are essentially sponges, like you attack them, but like there have been samurai games in the past, like Bushido Blade and stuff like that, where like they accentuated the one hit type of kills. Like they wanted you to feel like you could attack somebody and Samurai kill them in one show hit. Down, son. Yeah. Right. So there's been some interesting things like, does this game have that in, even in the duels? Is there any of that or is it straight up like a combo like type thing? Like any enemy is going to be, you're going to have to hit them with, a series of combos and strategies, stuff like that. Yeah. So there, so there are, like I said, the stance system, you got to pick which stance is appropriate for the situation and take on a guy, whether they have like a shield, a spear, if it's a big guy, the big guys, you know, the armored ones, you're not going to be able to kill them in one hit ever. You know, you kind of have to whittle them down. Um, so the answer to that is kind of a two part answer. The first thing is like you said, the one hit kills. Um, whenever you fight the weaker people, if you time things correctly, or if you do things, if you, if you, once you get the hang of it and you can time things correctly, you can easily one, one shot people. Um, they have a parry system, and if you hit it at the exact moment, then you do what's called a perfect parry, and you counterattack, and it just kills them in one hit. Um, 
or their other, you know, if they try and attack you and you, you can kind of hold an attack for a minute before it releases to, you know, prime it to get ready and you can hold your attack. And if they try and attack you and you release it at the same time, then, you know, they leave themselves wide open and you'll just kill them instantly. So okay. there is definitely that. Yeah. Yes. Um, the duels that you mentioned, okay, I'm going to geek out man for those. The duels you mentioned are completely different from everything else. And they are like a limited, they only use a limited capacity in Ghost of Tsushima, but I wish they were used so much more because that is one of the best parts of the game. Um, they're essentially like Ghost of Tsushima's boss fights kind of. Um, so you, you reach, you'll encounter those towards you know, at the end of certain quests, things like that. And, uh, what, what happens is you have a standoff with, you know, whoever you're doing, we've seen that in the trailers as well. You have a standoff and then uh, it's a very cinematic, uh, type movie. And they always talk about how it's inspired by old Japanese movies and samurai movies. And you can definitely see that effect during the duels because everything slows down and it shows, you know, it zooms in on both their faces and, oh, cool. uh, yeah, and then they you flip the katana out, and then it, it switches to you guys. It, it puts you in like an arena, so it's a completely different combat system from the rest of the game. There's no, you know, it's just you and them, and sometimes there's people watching you, and it, those are very, very tense situations. If you're not careful in those, if they hit you like three or four times, they're gonna kill you. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, okay. and they Fire. do it. They they give kind of a break, you know, like if you get like a third of their health bar down, you know, you guys will like cross swords for a minute, and they'll say something back and forth, and it kind of gives you a breather because it's really tense, and it. You know, you can't really, you can't look away because um, it'll be over really quick. So those duels are the best part of the game, man. I, I wish they put in so many more. I've never asked for a multiplayer component to be added, like, to a game. But if Sucker Punch did anything, I would want them to make a multiplayer mode where you just duel people over and over. Just duel people <laughs> one by one. That's it. That's all I would do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was, that's a lot of fun. Final question before we wrap and let you go, Tanner. By the end of this game, did you feel like a masterful ninja slash samurai? I did like I, I don't it's a half joking question. I did but like almost to an extent like too much. Towards the end of the game you get like all these, you know, cool weapons and uh, abilities, things like that, which are very useful, but towards the end you you kinda overpowered, even on the hardest difficulty. There's there's just not much you really have to worry about, uh, towards the end. Nothing really feels like it's too much of a threat and I couldn't imagine using every single one of my abilities or weapons in a fight. It would just I, I mean it would be over before it even started, so um, you gotta kind of you gotta restrain yourself in some capacity there, or else you're just gonna make it not fun uh, for yourself. But uh, I've so done this is no this is no Ninja Gaiden is what you're saying. Well, you can oh. you can play it however you <laughs> you can play it however you want. You can you know stay in the shadows and assassinate people if you want, or you can just walk up to the front gate and knock. Well, on I mean, it just like, in the sheer impossibility <laughs> of ever getting through it or keeping your sanity while playing it. That game is something else, man. Yeah, no, that, that game. So broke. so with this now, so now that they've done this game. And they've done now a couple infamous games. Can we yeah. please have Sucker Punch go and make a Sly Cooper now? Please, it's time. Can oh, can man. that happen? Please, I'm uh, I'm done with the like the know. serious stuff. I want a Sly Cooper that needs. Well, to happen. That, that's that's a whole other discussion. But I'll say I don't want them to do another Sly Cooper. I just want something new. No, leave, leave that old stuff back there. Go to the We need more. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna settle down. What are your real thoughts, Matt? <laughs> we got to pay some bills and we got to let Tanner go. But that's Tanner's uh, Ghost, of Su- Ghost of Tsushima review. How many stars did you give it? I gave it four out of five. It's really All good. All right. Go check that out on com gaming. And the game comes out on Friday for the PlayStation 4. All right. Nice. Thank you, Tanner. All right. When we you. come back, we got some more good news to break down. Matt's excited. He gets to talk some Power Rangers and some comics. Plus, we're going to talk spoilers on Netflix's The Old Guard. So stay tuned for all of that. 
back. Tanner is dropping off to do some good game-related stuff, but uh, like we said, you can check out his review of Ghost of Tsushima on comicbook.com gaming. Now we're going to jump over to a little bit of Marvel talk. I forgot that before we took a break. We have some Marvel stuff to talk, which is we got our first look at Hellstrom, uh, the uh, Marvel series coming to Hulu. We're not going to talk too much about this because it, it kind of requires you guys to actually see this. So if you're just listening to this, it's kind of hard <laughs> to really share our enthusiasm about any of this. She's wearing a gray top. I'm yes. just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. But uh, IGN released a string of first look photos at the show and and the stars of the show like Sidney Lemon and uh, Tom Austin as Anna and Damon Hellstrom um their mother Victoria who's like got probably the best photo in this creepy looking yeah. style mm-hmm. movie thing um yeah and just some other characters like their take on the dark hold characters like uh Gabriella Rus- uh, Rossetti who's in this yeah it's Gabriella Rossetti because she was Italian in the comics now she's Latino and Louise Hastings who were all part of the Darkhold Redeemers and Marvel lore and stuff so it was just basically kind of getting our first look at this and it and I mean it looks like a Marvel Netflix or Marvel Hulu series so far uh I did like the kind of pairing of Sidney Lemon and Tom Austin in the photo they have together like yeah. I can Im- almost imagine that them the Hellstrom siblings kind of bickering and kind of going at <laughs> each other is going to be a fun part of this series for me um but yeah i mean it just looked good i like the horror feeling that i got like i said the victoria hellstrom photo was the kind of thing i focused on because that looked like some like what was that movie i forget it the one was like uh, i forget i don't know it looks like the ring because there's a ring in the picture on the wall like she drew it on the wall it's a great it's a great photo but also because you know all the other ones are like man by van yeah woman mm-hmm. staring towards the wall it's all <laughs> like very generic, <laughs> yeah, they're generic production yeah. photos but that yeah. one is like ooh, i get a feel for like what the series is gonna, gonna the aesthetic be, they're yeah. going for and the, yeah. like, that's that's cool and that that one made me excited but yeah i'm, I'm hoping to actually see yeah but the other ones kind of also give you like and there's one of anna anna hellstrom and um i forget the character chris chris yen Yen or something yeah yes and that one's also like very stylish and kind of setting like they have the lighting is fantastic yeah and i can feel like there's going to be like a nice dark horror theme to this some of these photos don't give it away but it's going to be like one part cwe and one part kind of very horror-y and so i'm kind of interested to see how far they go with kind of the horror aesthetic because some of that stuff looks like it's going to be really creepy because there is a great twist to this series because if you've been watching TV last season, then a lot of what Hellstrom is sounds a lot like Prodigal Son, like that Fox series, which is uh, Jesus from The Walking Dead plays a profiler whose father was an infamous serial killer. And his father oh. is um, Michael Shannon is his father and is great in the show. And they're a wealthy family and he was arrested for being a serial killer, but he reunites to help his son solve cases and stuff. And he has a sister huh. and he has a sister and there's like a big twist with his sister and everything. And anyway, but this is a lot like that. If anybody's been watching popular TV, like, you know, this is, and that series is really popular. So, but the twist in this one is of course that, you know, their serial killer father isn't just some Mm. serial killer. Uh, There's a lot of supernatural reveals that come with who their father is and what happened to their mother and who these two people are um, and what kind of powers they have, because this is Marvel. So I, I'm hoping we get more of that, but in like a trailer, obviously, or yeah. if a series kind of does a slow burn, almost like a horror movie reveal where it seems like it's just about two people investigating things at first. And then, you know, as layer by layer, there's this kind of feeling of dread as, you know, things really come to light and we begin to see how crazy supernatural and dark this is. 
Yeah. I hope so. Cause that's the driving thing for me is the supernatural. I don't really watch a lot of like house of cards or crime shows, any of that. I love the supernatural aspect. So I hope they play it up Yeah, because I don't like waiting too long <laughs> for something like that to hit. I, no, I mean like a pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. this one kind of needs to set the tone right out of the gate as far as what it is. I will be interested to see how, not so much the horror elements, but like how funny it is because like recent incarnations of those two characters are more comedic. They're more mm. snarky, sarcastic, kind of John Constantine vibe. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel like is going to be like. The, right, the, yeah. The so I will be... character dynamic. If they push that and these two have chemistry, that could be enough. And then you throw in all the craziness that, you know, those characters, the lineage and all that stuff. It could be really fun. So, um, you know, I wasn't on the Lucifer bandwagon right off the bat. And then it kind of sort of won me over a little bit because I, I gave it a chance. I typically don't give like, these aren't my biggest characters, these kind of horror-centric right. ones. But if that dynamic is great, um, I'll give it a shot, you know. Oh, right. Like I said, there's not too much to say about this because you, I mean, you kind of have to sit down and look at the photos for yourself and kind of see what they are. So you can check those out on uh, comicbook.com Marvel. But uh, Hellstrom, we're going to keep an eye on that because like I said, we don't got too much to do. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt, you get to be excited because we're getting more <laughs> Power Rangers and you hey. still have a job now. Yeah. More of a time. Yes. Yeah. So tell us that. New Power Rangers movie going on. What's this one all about? Because I always feel like there's 50 Power Rangers projects at all times. <laughs> what is this yeah. one about? Uh, so right now, so all, by the way, all of this is stuff that is coming from like sources that have been correct on a lot of things. Uh, none of this has been officially revealed by Hasbro, who now owns the franchise, or Paramount, who is doing, who's developing the movie. So, you know, again, take with grain of salt. But we've seen some things play out. So there's a lot of credence to these. Uh, a lot of information came out. Um, there is a script uh, that is making the rounds and that is being currently worked on from the report. So all these things kind of stem from there. The biggest, well, there's a couple of big things, but the biggest thing is that uh, the newest version of the script has a giant time travel element because Hasbro has now done a Power Rangers TV series. It was kind of a transition year when they bought the franchise, and that's Beast Morphers. Um, and then a new one is coming, that's Dino Fury. But for the movie, of course, everyone knows Mighty Morphin is the top. That's the classic. That's the one everyone knows. And so the Moo movie would be based on Mighty Morphin, but they would be a brand new team of Rangers. And Zordon evidently sends them back in time to the 90s. So you get this like kind of where the 2017 reboot uh, had a great cast, but like people were like, we need to see more of them as Rangers. This kind of thing gives you a modern cast, but then throws you back to the 90s. So you can have the fun like Wonder Woman 1984, you know, throwback nostalgia pops. And also, if it does that, then Lord Zed is being the one that is being said is the villain. So you get a classic villain from the show. And then you get this new crop of, of teens. And then also the other big thing that recently came out was that the movie will be in the continuity of the television show, which is huge because like the reboot wow. that was in 2017 was happened, not- Has happened since the original movie? No, has yeah. not, has not happened. So if that's the case, that means that one, all the TV stuff and you know, all those classic Rangers are alive and well in this universe, all of that existed. And that means if they go back to the 90s, depending on where they go back, you could see 
like they could actually bring some of those classic actors into the movie because it would all be in the same timeline. And since then, because of the comics, they've introduced like essentially Power Rangers has become DC. So like it has multiple dimensions and that's where all the seasons live. They're all their own worlds. And you can thank the comics for kind of bringing all that into the TV show. So now that that's canon, you can do that and you could do it with a movie. And that was one of the things that got heavily panned on the last movie was that like the classic Ranger cameo existed for five seconds and it was two people in a cafe and there's no ties. It's just Jason David Frank and Amy Jo Johnson in a cafe looking at a TV screen, right? This would, you could mean you could actually bring like Austin St. John back as his character if you wanted to. And it would all sort of make sense. Um, so those are like the big things. There was also some other things about um, the right now they're trying to target a female lead um, as the lead Ranger uh, for this new team. So, I mean, it's always been the Red Rangers, typically the leader, uh, when like the White Ranger wasn't. And that has, in the other past Mighty Morphin shows, was always uh, a male. Um, in the comics, there was actually a female uh, Red Ranger revealed before. But again, that's all comics continuity. But they would put the, you know, focus on a female Ranger. And that would be really cool. Uh, they also said that they're not tied to five Rangers. So it could be more than that or less than. Um, so they're... They're kind of playing with a lot. Of course, they're going to do a diverse cast. One of the best things about the last movie was the cast. And uh, they've all yeah, actually moved on to cast. bigger and better things <laughs> since then. Um, so hopefully they can strike gold again. Uh, but they do want to, you know, do a diverse, uh, ethnically diverse um, cast. So, I mean, I'm, it's, it's all sounds great if they pull it off. Um, and I think, like, so far, all the nostalgia pops are there. Again, if they can just nail that, I, I, think, it, I think it sounds like a winner. Yeah, I mean, that had my interest when you started getting into the 90s revisit and all of that. that Same. Yeah, that would be really cool. The throwback. Yeah, I like sure. some Back to the Future type stuff. I'm always down yeah. for that. Yeah. Fly, let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's it for Power Rangers. Yep. So, we're going to deep dive into Netflix's The Old Guard, uh, based on the graphic novel. Uh, BD was here last time because he got to see it early and talked to the cast, and he kind of gave us a teaser overview. But now that we've all seen it, we're going to jump into full spoilers for The Old Guard and just kind of quickly break this down. Um, I had never read any of the comics or anything, so I was kind of unfamiliar. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I hadn't, it wasn't really on my radar until kind of BD started talking it up to us, and I actually thought it was uh, pretty good. Uh, my caveat is that I thought in some ways this felt like a really good pilot episode of a TV show, uh, more so than like a standalone action movie. There were just a lot of things that they kind of introduced in the movie from characters like Charlize Theron's character's best friend, Queen, who is a major part of the storyline, but it doesn't really factor into the, into the actual story we're watching in the movie. And other things that are kind of hinted at uh, or characters that we meet and, you know, storylines about her immortal life and, and things that happened and of significance over her life that don't really come to fruition or pay off and, and yet, but are clearly set up for another installment. So this did feel like almost like a pilot episode, a really good produced pilot episode of a, of a TV series. But um, yeah, there were just things that didn't feel like complete in terms of a standalone movie. What I did like were the relationships between the characters and all the main characters. Uh, Charlize Theron and meeting Kiki Lanes uh, from Beale Street could talk her. She plays the character who becomes the young new immortal is what the story kind of hinges on is her awakening as an immortal and what that does to this team that is still left over and kind of 
losing their passion for the good fight in Charlize's case. And I thought the two women leads were really great together. There's like a scene of them in the desert where she's trying to just educate the girl that she's an immortal now and get her to kind of accept the reality of this that plays out in a, in a sequence on a plane. That's really great. And like, yeah, I enjoyed all of that. So, and the action scenes were pretty great. And like Charlize Theron's become an action star in her own right. And, and yeah, they're, they're just some great side characters. Uh, Marwan Kanzari uh, and who was a uh, Jafar and Aladdin, I believe Matt. Yes. Oh. And uh, Luca Marinelli, uh, who is a, uh, Oh, I forget who he's been in, but um, yeah, those two guys had a really, really kind of good arc. Uh, they're just two guys who are in love and they've been immortal. I mean, these two immortals who have been lovers for, you know, a long time and they're great characters. Everybody in here is kind of really good at their character and mm-hmm. kind of making their character distinct and memorable. And even Chai Wattel, a GF4 who has this kind of side story as a CIA guy is still pretty good. Um, yeah. So like I said, this felt like kind of a TV show in some ways, but it's one that I would want to watch more of. And that was my take on the old guard. I just wonder if, because like, I just wonder if it would have been a better show than a movie. I, I don't, there's a part of me that kind of doesn't, and even especially the way the story is laid out in the comics, because I have yet to watch the, the movie. So I will oh. watch it at some point. Um, so I can't like speak to like, the comparison but i will say is i was kind of surprised that they went the movie format and from what you're saying those kinds of things that are like stuff's not cleaned up there's plot threads kind of dangling they don't have enough you know space and there's clearly like the main story's not even really finished in this movie you know like those things kind of play into that i wonder if it's just the thing of like those kinds of stars won't do TV. I don't know if like Charlie's just like wanted to do a that movie, not a television a show. Point. No, that's but a good point. I would like, this really does like lend itself to a TV show. And, and a lot of the weaknesses oh, that great. like Kofi and like Brandon pointed out are those that would be solved probably if it had more time to really just dive in and finish those stories off. So I'm, I'm curious as to, to why, but I'm glad it's being received well. And I, cause mm-hmm. I want to see more come from that universe and, you know, maybe next time, I don't know, maybe next time we get a show, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it was very well done, but uh, my one qualm, spoiler, 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 25 million times spoiler, is, you know, Charlize's character, uh, basically, find they we find out that she is not immortal anymore, and that just, it didn't really hit very hard for me, because it's in a show we could have had her as like her immortal self for like a very long extended period of time. We could like fall for her in that way. And then the impact of finding out that she isn't anymore would it just be a bigger payoff. Um, Obviously like I, I was bummed. (laughs) Like I was like, no, cause she's, you know, the lifeblood of this movie. She is the movie. Uh, But I mean, they did a great job. I think they did a great job for making it a movie. But yes, I do agree that a TV show would have been even better. It would have been awesome for sure. Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot. So despite that, it sounds like we're saying check out Netflix is the old guard. If you haven't already, it is worth watching. And uh, yeah, if you read the comment, Matt, have you read the comics? Yeah. So I've read the comics. So that's why I was like, it's cool to spoil stuff. But 
Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I am Would curious. Would you recommend the comics? Oh, definitely. And uh, there's actually a, uh, a current series out now that's, uh, I think, on issue five. Um, and uh, that is actually, like, set in the universe and stuff. So you don't even have to dive very far back if you want to kind of check it out and see what that is. But definitely, definitely. All right. So check out The Old Guard on Netflix. Check out the comics if you haven't. We're going to move right along from that and just uh, tell you a quick mention, by the way, that Peacock is launched. Guys, Peacock is up. Yay! Yeah. No? No? No, Yay. no, <laughs> yeah, what? no. I got to do a trial of uh, Peacock because I'm an Xfinity uh, Comcast user. So okay. they gave us a... Like, Wait, what? I am yeah. too. I get a free, free. trial? <laughs> no, it's, it's free to you, I think. I'm pretty sure. Just say Peacock into your mic or to your remote. It's been there for a minute. You know that's sad, by the way, when I yeah. get something free and I still didn't take the time to look. I barely remember now. I used it twice, but I like uh, Hulu's, uh, I liked Hulu's um, kind of just user interface better and all my shows on Peacock that I wanted to watch are on Hulu, so uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, here, so check it out. We'll keep an eye out if there's any reason to see. I'll try out Peacock. HBO when... Max is growing on me, I got to say. HBO really? Max is growing I don't on have me, it yeah. yet. I'm still holding I, I it down for the HBO Go people. I use it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, wow. I use it a lot more than I thought I would, yeah. I will be interested in Peacock when Saved by the Bell comes or when The Office eventually moves from Netflix <laughs> back over oh there. Gosh, I will. The I will. Well, well it's I mean, going. Yeah, it'll be a go. It'll be a game changer when The Office, when Peacock yeah. is the only place when they're like, you want that office? Yeah. You that, want that, that 30 is, Rock? You want that Parks and Rec? Like. You come to me. If so is it like all of Greg Daniels is just taking all of his stuff and throwing it on Well, Peacock? they were is all on NBC. Yeah, they were all on NBC uh, back in yeah, 2010 oh. when they had like an actual good block of scripted comedies and stuff. So. Oh, wow. So 2021, Office moves. I don't know about Parks and Rec and the other ones, but I know the Office moves in 2021 at IMC. Yeah. yeah wow. And uh, Seinfeld, I think, moves in 2022 That's or something right. like that. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. So Peacock's Give going for that time. long game. Yeah, going for that <laughs> long game. Check it out if you can speak it into your mic. All right, that's Peacock moving right along. Matt, you got new comics for us. What are we looking at this week? All right, so uh, big week. Um, big week in comics, so there's pretty yeah, much something Yeah, I was looking over the list. It. I was actually excited. And I cut stuff out, right? So, like, <laughs> it's huge. There's a lot of books coming. And this is also very much the result of – you know, the coronavirus delaying certain things. And this just happened to be the week that a lot of those kind of fell back on. So, uh, so starting out, we have Venom number 26, which is the beginning of the next big arc, Venom Beyond, which as people know, also Noel is coming uh, for the people who actually read like Absolute Carnage and things like that. So that is still out there. They have not really messed with that much, but it is going to be resolved as a big Marvel event. So uh, Venom Beyond will start there. Avengers number 34 uh, continues. Uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, The Age of Conchu, Moon Knight. So part two of that hits this week. Uh, we also have Aquaman number 61, Dark Knight's Death Metal number two. We, we talked about that. We also talked yep. to Scott Snyder about that recently. Um, Bat... I, I was going to use another word and I can't now because I'm not going to, I'm trying not to cuss, but nuts, like as, as nuts, not as dense as the first issue. So this one's like more, a little bit more straightforward and you get crazy things like Batmo beast, which is a monster truck 
Batman from like this crazy other world. Oh my God, I love that stuff. All right, so that's all you in Dark Knight's Death this. Metal. Number two, <laughs> Captain Marvel, number 17, which is Game Night. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 51. Uh, you can also check out uh, comicbook.com for your first look at the new Mighty Morphin series. Uh, there's only four more issues of this one left. So Mighty Morphin number one kicks off and then Power Rangers number one kicks off uh, in November. So this will be the last couple issues here, but definitely don't miss those. We also have Giant Size X-Men Magneto number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 106. Somehow buried in here is Empire number one. Uh, that kicks off this week. There have been a bunch oh! of preludes and tie-ins. So uh, that one starts this week. Uh, Once in Future number nine. So good. Oh, my God. Freaking you and your King, King Arthur. You're King Arthur. King dude, Arthur in this issue alone, King Arthur, Beowulf, Merlin, and then someone who I won't spoil at the very end. Oh, nuts. So good. Uh, Spider-Woman number two. Uh, Snake Eyes Dead Game number one. Uh, we have Sacred Six number one, which is a Dynamite series kind of teaming up some of the uh, smaller heroes, like not Vampirella or anything, but some of the smaller heroes kind of colliding in a team-up book. We also have uh, Free Comic Book Day, by the way. So Free Comic Book Day, X-Men number one, and Road to Ranger Slayer number one from the Power Rangers fans. Those are big ones to check out for Free Comic Book Day, so make sure to grab yourself a copy because those will probably go first. So that is comics. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in with us as always, especially during this quarantine arc where it's good to get together with you, chat, talk about geeky stuff, and uh, just hear from you guys. So be sure to check in every Wednesday and Friday when we put up a new episodes. You can subscribe to our RSS feed on comicbook.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio. You can find us on the comicbook.com YouTube page or watch live when we air new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Facebook. If you are just now getting into the show, you can always hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And you can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And if you're just getting into the show, go on Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review because one day on one fine day when we finally get back into comic book offices, we have a whole room full of Comic Book Nation t-shirts that we give away to people who write us five-star reviews. And when we read them on the show, you automatically get a free t-shirt sent to you. So leave an extra one for me so I can get a (laughs) t-shirt. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. If you can't see us now, me and Janelle are representing. (laughs) I don't have one. You I are don't not representing. have one. Yeah, I don't know. We're only on season two. We're back in episode 50. How did I get one You sat you? like right by the t-shirt room all the time, but uh, you don't have a t-shirt. You're not having you, you don't have the super, super secret key. There's a key. I have a sweet comic book have to polo. I mean, to be honest, to it, was only, out it was only recently that key. we were willing to invest much confidence in you to, to give you a t-shirt anyway. So we, we never knew if you'd be here that long anyway. So. I'm just kidding, buddy. All right. Oh, blood. So leave a five-star review for Matt, too, because he deserves a T-shirt. He's been doing this and working hard enough. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to tell you guys to take care of yourselves, stay checked in, stay healthy, and uh, be with us next time we do drop another show because we'd love to see you. All right, we're getting out of here. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.